Hello and welcome to the next episode of Game On Girl. This is episode three and I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz, as I'm known on Twitter. Today's topic is one of the main chapters from my dissertation and it deals with cyber drag. So to get us started, I'm going to throw the ball in Rhonda's court and see what she has to say here. All right, Rhonda, what do you think of when I say cyber drag? Well, I thought it was um, a very interesting title to the dissertation whenever um, you emailed it to me. And it was actually something I hadn't thought about when you did the interview because, of course, that was very much in a vacuum when you and I were talking. And it never had occurred to me that the the choices of gender on role-playing could be so diverse. I don't play a lot of online gaming, and so I didn't experience a whole lot of other um, uh, gender swapping or gender dragging, as you want to call it, um, right. Uh, that others might have. And so I was like, oh, well, that's really interesting. I wonder how and why um, these gamers make these choices, and I wonder what side of the fence women fall on right. if they do. Yeah, and that, that's essentially the, the question that started that, um, that idea for me when I was doing the research as well. I had actually had, I mentioned in the last episode that I had started playing World of Warcraft and right before I got into the, the PhD program. And I had run into a female avatar and we were chatting, da, da 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 And then, you know, it was revealed to me later that it was a guy I was talking to. And I was like, well, that's interesting. I mean, I wonder what sort of the motivation is for, for people to sort of make the choices that they make with their avatars and how they represent them in, in, in online environments, especially, you know, MMORPGs. So that that was part of where, where I was coming from, you know, when I started uh, asking these questions. Yeah, and, you know, when um, you started when you sent me the interview questions through email and I got to thinking about them and wondering, you know, I, I wonder why... I make my choices because I had never really thought about it before. And it, it really opened things up also to think about, well, I wonder if people act differently online than they do. In other words, the, you know, the VL, the virtual life right. versus um, their real life right. and whether or not, you know, those stereotypes and those choices um, are dramatically different or if they support each other. Right. Like, like how, how is the, how does offline life or physical life interact with online or virtual identities yeah. and, and what are the crosses? And that ended up being sort of one of the main questions that ended up coming out of the dissertation. And, you know, as I shaped the, the categories that we talked a little bit about last episode and that we're going to talk about a little bit more this episode, um, those categories really had a lot and really came out of these questions about how does your how you see yourself sort of reflect in the game and how how you play or what you play and uh, cyber drag at least what we're going to talk about today deals with the physical choices that you know the decisions people make and you know as they're making their avatar and the different um, options they have so. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's fascinating. The, um, um, the, the quotes that you've got for today are, are, are very interesting. They um, reveal a whole lot of things. Um, even when you sent them to me in text, and I think reading them, I saw things that I wouldn't have caught even just listening to them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, well, that was a, a part of the process for me, <laughs> although it was the, the most painstaking part of the the dissertation was doing the transcripts from the interviews. <laughs> um, I can only imagine. <laughs> uh, which, you know, for an hour-long interview was, you know, seven or eight hours worth of, of transcribing that I did. But one of my committee members had said, you know, this is the best process you can go through because she said, you're going to hear the interviews, you know, listening to them once is one thing transcribing them yourself you're going to go through and you're going to get really you're going to know them really well doing this she she had done ethnog 
ethnographic um, interview research before. And when she did her dissertation, she did her own transcripts. And then when she wrote her book, she had somebody else do the transcripts. So she did the interview and recorded the interviews, and then somebody else did the transcript. And she's like, I don't know the material the same way. (laughs) So I know that I have a very intimate, very close knowledge of the material because I did go and listen to sometimes on, you know, multiple times on certain sentences to get things right and get the essence of what people were saying. So... Um, I know exactly how it does the 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 audio and the and the transcript together. And I will have the um, the quotes I've I've created on the website, uh, Game on Girl. Uh, don't forget the dashes. I have put up player profiles with the quotes so people can see in text what you know what clips I'm using in the show. So if you are interested in looking and commenting and seeing the, the text of, of what we talk about here today and what I've talked about in the first episode of Game on Girl. You can go online and you can check those out and you can actually see them. And so I'll have these up as well. So people cool. can check them out. Yeah. So should we get, um, should we get started with our first, our first uh, segment here? Oh, yeah, this is cool. All right. So um, so we have Carmen Gray and um, I'm going to play her clip for you guys and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Well, I pretty much just play women. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I don't need to. I, I've never felt the need to, you know, play a guy. And mm-hmm. once I, I had a friend of mine was was getting. We were in another group, and somebody was teasing him about how he always played um, girl characters. Uh huh. And we were pl- we were playing City Heroes at the time, and. His answer always, it still cracks me up, but he said, you know, they're like, what are you? Do you want to be a woman? Are you looking for surgery? Uh What's going on? He's like, well, no. See, I figured if I was going to spend this much time staring at something's ass, I was going to stare at a woman's ass. So why are you guys playing men? (laughs) And I always thought that was funny Uh because he's, he's concentrating he's looking at you know where he's at right and what he sees um i i like to like you know city of heroes uh champions online i spend so much time on the character generators oh yeah me too <laughs> um you know just you know getting just the right effect mm-hmm. you know i tend to do um women characters but I also usually end up, you know, in, like, the superhero ones doing the, okay, we do not need to have triple D boobs. Right. Pull the back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, certain things, like, I found out later that, you know, the hairstyle doesn't really bother me. And I'm not going to see the front of it very often anyway. Right. So let's find one that doesn't distract me. Mm-hmm. But... Other than that, you know, I don't like, I don't tend to go toward robotics. Mm-hmm. I tend toward, um, you know, I guess metahumans. Uh-huh. You know, so it's more, you know, human, maybe different color, different, you know, slightly taller or, you know, something like that. Right. Um, but, you know, they're obviously still women, but. Right. I tend to, as far as, like, hair color goes, I actually tend to go toward, um, like, um, hair color, eye color. I usually start with red hair and blue eyes. and Because you know, even if, it, it's kind of like it starts with me. There's right. a little bit of me in each character. Right. So, you know, is, you know, if I was living in this scenario or this world, Right. If if you're playing uh, one of the elves, you know, and the elves have the tattoos, which type of facial tattoo would I would I prefer? Would you want? Okay, so Carmen then makes it uh, really clear that she starts her avatar design with her. She says, "I start it with uh, myself." And that she puts a little bit of herself in all the characters, right. even to the point to where she says, you know, they're obviously still women. Right. So what t- what information in here uh, allowed you to categorize what kind of player Carmen is? Well, that you, you picked up on on sort of the, you know, 
the, the, the patterns that I was looking at was, was who identifies themselves as their avatar. And uh, it's clear that Carmen says, um, I don't, I want the hairstyle to, to not distract me. And um, uh, I, you know, it's start that, that quote is one of, it's one of my favorites. It, it all starts with a little bit of me. And so she goes for, you know, red hair and blue eyes, she said, because it's reflective of who she is. And so that, that, that sort of key to, to self-gamers, I think, they look for and embody, you know, in-game parts of themselves. Yeah. So, yeah. And, she spends a, and she spends a great deal of time doing that. So yes. the, the preparation of her avatar, or, or at least when she says she spends a lot of time, She's not talking in this sense about backstory. She's talking about appearance, right? right? Yeah, she she's very much focused on on how how the character looks. And and one of the things, if if you haven't played like City of Heroes, um, one of the things that's so fantastic about that game and some of the um, the superhero games is the the character generators are very liberal with with what changes you can make. Like World of Warcraft is pretty limited on body type. You can't change the shape, the body shape of your avatar. Each right. each gender comes with its own, you know, size, <laughs> so to speak, um, of all kinds of attributes. <laughs> and as, you know, as yeah. I mentioned, I tend to play female avatars, so, you know, and I'm of course attentive to these things. So, you know, they tend to be a little busty, um, you know. I've had people who are not gamers look at my avatar and are like, "Oh, nice rack," and it's like, "Well, you know, I have no choice in in that character creator." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the character creator that Carmen is talking about in City of Heroes, you can actually decide like how how big you know the breasts are, how tall you are, how broad shouldered, how big your waist is. You have that that kind of control over the image so so those options give you like that that much more um engagement in that process so that's one of the reasons why i think for her it was you know more attentive to that kind of physical detail because she had the options to to edit and sort of change it in a way that in a lot of other games you don't have you know and that's the part i mean we we I believe sort of identified myself as a self player right. and the um, Diablo is the same way. You don't really have a choice on uh, body types. Right. And um, most of the role playing involved there, you pick a, a, a class of character you're going to play and only certain classes are females. Right. Um, so if you want to play a necromancer, you're not going to be a woman. Right. Um, but, I know that I spent an enormous amount of time just coming up with the name of my character. So I can't imagine <laughs> how much time I would spend if I got to pick, you know, so many physical features because right. that that's where I would live right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it's really interesting and, 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 Character creators, character generators have gotten more sophisticated with you know different games and um, uh, there's there's a there's a game that I haven't I haven't personally played but um, but I know several people who do play it. Uh, Eve Online now has one of the more sophisticated um, character creators and um, uh, Felicia Day actually tweeted or I can't remember actually if it was on Twitter or Facebook it might have been on both that she had spent hours in their character creator because of the the way and the, the sophistication of you know how you can change the face and how you can you know change the look and the body and there were all kinds of different choices you could make on it and um you know and there is a sort of fascination to that process and i i wonder you know um uh how much of that is getting it to look like some sort of ideal fantasy version of yourself or if as we'll hear with some of the other clips you know the 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 role players and the character that they sort of create or the different the different things that sort of come out of that what you know so what's going on in there um the next interview clip you're going to play is um who now i think we're going to do um Hantu next Hantu. okay i didn't know how to say her name and that and, and that's her um online name that was the name she picked almost uh, okay almost everybody not everybody but almost everybody selected their own name my only requirement that it not be a, a name that they could be identified with in other ways so yeah 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 her choices are um are somewhat different yeah yeah she's got a little bit different of a of a story and approach 
and how she sort of uh, takes on her her character creation as well. So uh, let's let's listen to what Hantu has to say. I tried playing a guy character on an MMO one time and one time only, and it took somebody asking me based on the way that I typed if I was gay for me to realize, you know what, I should probably play as a female. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, I type pretty much the way I talk, which for a lot of people would be difficult. It would be difficult because I use a lot of adverbs and stuff like that, but Mm -hmm. given that my degree is in writing, typing for me is like breathing air. Right. It's something I just do. Yes. You know? I know. So... I guess when you when you see a butch guy uh, running around saying things like totally, it kind of comes off weird. Right. <laughs> but I generally create, my avatars kind of end up being the sort of stuff that you would expect a fanboy to create, uh-huh. minus the giant boobs that would create center of gravity issues. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, my usual character when it comes to hero-based games is a grown-up child assassin. Um, the basic backstory is, like, raised by a, a parent that was, like, a Yakuza, and, like, she was chosen as the next hitman in the family line as opposed to her brother. And she basically runs, like, the Avatar runs around in a suit or mm-hmm. a button-down shirt and slacks, you know, something that makes sense, something that you would actually wear in reality if you were trying to blend in so you could get your job done. Right. Like, the most outrageous costume that I have, I think, is the supergroup's costume where I said, uh-uh, I'm not doing, like, the full-on tights, and I put I put her in a pair of tennis shorts and a tank top. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's my most outrageous costume. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I could have, I would have done, you know, combat boots, but they didn't have, you know, the right mock-up for them. So right. I ended up with tennis shoes. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I always get the comment, like, oh, my God, that's so hot. And it's like, it's a cartoon. Right, yeah. That's like saying, oh, wow, I would totally love to, like, go out with uh, Spider-Man because he's so hot. No, I don't think so. Yeah. (laughs) You know? But, you know, it it ends up like that. With uh, World of Warcraft, when I made my warlock, I went with the most outrageous features I could. I didn't. I don't like to do a lot of scarring because I actually do have a scar on my face uh-huh. and I find it a little bit insulting how they just kind of throw it in there. Like, it's no big deal. It kind of is in reality. Yeah. You know? I mean, mine isn't even all that noticeable, but when people notice it, the first thing they go is, oh my God, what happened? Right, it's of like, course, yeah. Wow, thanks for bringing that up. Right. I right. wanted to talk about that. I would have brought it up myself. Right. But, you know? But I don't, I don't do a lot of scarring. I don't do a lot of, like, physical deformity because... I mean, in some cases, it makes sense. Like, you know, say you play an orc. Let's face it, you're an orc. Right. <laughs> you know? But in other cases, it's just kind of insulting. Right. You know? I don't know. When I made my undead character, I didn't make a whole lot of rot holes. Fun fact about Chinese funerals. In some places, they dig the person up after about five years to take the jewelry. I found that out when my grandmother died. Oh, wow. I am not a big fan of rot holes. Wow. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, re- that's really interesting. you got to love geek knowledge. Seriously. Uh, well, now, Hantu mentions several times that the choices that she makes about her avatar have to make sense. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting is and also the fact that she seems to make a clear distinction between uh, real life again and virtual life because she actually calls her avatar cartoon. Yes, she does. Yeah. Yeah. So how does she different? uh, How is she different from Carmen Gray as far as categorizing her as a, a gamer? Well, uh, Hantu is one of those those gamers I think that fell sort of in between my my big categories. Um, there there's a lot of switching back and forth bet- for her between um, you know the, the kinds of indications of a self gamer like like I don't want to to have scars on my avatar because I have a scar in real life and people ask me about it and I don't like it. So, yeah. so you could see where you know things about her real life she didn't want in the virtual 
in her online and her game persona. She didn't want that to be part of the persona. So she, she was looking to work sort of against that to a degree. But at the same time, she's very clear that her avatar is another character. And she said, she, you know, she had a little bit of, of backstory, not, not, you know, when we get into our role play example, we'll see a very clear example of, of you know, very articulated and detailed backstory, but she does have a little bit of backstory, you know, um, young girl who was, you know, selected for, you know, to be the next in the the family line of assassins, such as it were. Um, So there's a little bit of backstory there. There's a little bit of self. And um, so she she sort of falls in that that in-between category, I think. Well, as far as um, the choices, like the um, the costume yeah. actually making sense, yeah. <laughs> is that is that sort of a um, is that sort of a self thing, or maybe is that a mastery thing? I wonder if that's a little bit a little bit of mastery. I think in um, wanting the the whole idea of the the avatar and the way it looks to to fit with what's what's being done with the actions of uh, of the um the the character and how how the gameplay is going <laughs> yeah so mastery is actually a th- the third major category in your dissertation and it has to do with gamers who um their main goal is achievement right Right, right. Achievement, um, mastering the the gameplay itself. Um, in examples like World of Warcraft, you know, getting the best gear and getting the best DPS and being, you know, being able to 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 hang that as their, you know, their their reason for engaging the game is based in uh, be- becoming the the master of it. Right. I, I think that's interesting. Even because even though inside the game, they're actually are no physical limitations. Right. I mean, pretty much um, like Carmen Gray was saying, you could, uh, you can mess with the center of balance on a character. (laughs) Yeah. If you can't, the boobs too big. (laughs) And they would still perform. Right. But, as far as as visually and maybe even mentally for Hantu, it's very important. Right. Yeah. That, that that the character, yeah, that the the look of the character fits what the character is doing, and and how it, and how the game play sort of evolves out of that. And it it is interesting though too if you think about in sort of our first two two clips here we have you know both mention um, you know breast size as something that's sort of come up or been an <laughs> an issue of consideration for them in um, in how they look at their characters. Yeah. The um the design of Wonder Woman has always bugged me because I just I I guarantee you that woman cannot get in a fight without a boob popping out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no way. And I don't you know, I don't have a problem with, with the characters being uh provocative or sexy. I mean mm-hmm. I think it's a weapon. Right. But but yeah, you're not selling that. Yeah, <laughs> that that bustier would be pretty tough to, to keep <laughs> yourself tucked into. Um, you know, the, the think about like, you know, bras or, you know, bustiers that sort of push you up and out, you're you know yeah. <laughs> you're very likely to fall out of. <laughs> well now I find the um, the next quote very interesting. I can't wait to hear your um, your feedback on it and to listen to it compared to reading it because McSherry, I actually had trouble every now and then figuring out whether she was talking about herself or whether she was talking about her avatar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She she has that same sort of cross between them. It's a very clear you know character that she's creating, but she's so sort of intimately. Um, uh, lo- locked in with it and and engaged with it that that there is a lot of that sort of crossover between okay who is she talking about here so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all right so let's let's hear what McSherry has to say. Generally, I come up with a concept for a character first. Mm-hmm. Uh, that tends to be a big part of my process because once I have you know what this character has gone through, what they're striving for, things like that, it's much easier to see them in my mind, mm-hmm. uh, kind of the way an author creates a character before describing them. Right. Sort of a backstory. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And once I come up with that backstory, I can say, well, okay, because of the lifestyle, he or she would look like this. Mm-hmm. And because of the culture, they would have this kind of, this style hair and so on and so forth. 
it's it's very much a process of figuring out who the character is and then going from there for me. Right. So what are some of the choices that you make based on that backstory? Like, uh, can you describe the process of, like, creating one of your avatars? Okay. Well, we can go with the, if I can continue talking, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if we take a look at the Necromancer, um, I gave her a pretty rough backstory, you know. I, I had to come up with a reason why she would choose this as a way of life. Uh, the vast majority of people do not like spending time around dead bodies, even if they are animated. <laughs> uh, so, you know, why does she? And I went through and I, I came up with a backstory about how her parents had been necromancers because their land had been conquered and, you know, came up with this whole thing and figured, okay, well, clearly they're going to have to be in fairly good shape and they're not going to really have a lot of time to lay around because if you trying to keep an eye on zombies, zombies don't exactly need sleep or eat or rest or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So she would have a fairly athletic build. So I went through and found the athletic build for the body. Uh-huh. Guild Wars is a little less lenient on the clothing. You, you don't really have a lot of choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have one style and then you can change the color. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had made her from a uh, northern country, a northern climb, because it makes sense. The, the bodies would decompose less quickly, so, you know, you have zombies that stuck around more. Right. Um, so I put her in a, a pale blue clothing to kind of, you know, go into the, uh, fade into snow and ice, and it, it makes sense. And I, I gave her pale hair and pale skin for the same reason, and blue eyes for the same reason, I, and went from there. I, I gave her a slightly strange hairstyle because I figured, you know, this was her one real way of rebelling. Uh-huh. She had to join the family business. And, you know, she didn't really have a choice in what she was wearing. So we'll, we'll kind of spike the hair a little bit. So there, mom and dad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I try to develop, you know, personalities and backstories and, and reasons for doing what they do and things like that for most of my characters. Mm-hmm. I, I find that it makes it much more interesting and entertaining for me when I play mm-hmm. than, you know, going off, yeah, I'm I'm just a night elf. I'm, I'm here to kill things. Okay, let's go. So it adds a certain level, level of depth that sort of just jumping exactly. into grind wouldn't necessarily. Exactly. Um, do you play exclusively female avatars or do you ever play male avatars? I actually generally play female avatars, the whole do-what-you-know kind of thing. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I applaud the people who, who feel that they can get away with playing the opposite gender, and some actually do it very well. Uh, it's not something I've ever really been interested in. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of happy as a girl, so, you know. <laughs> right. I'm okay sticking with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, so I've got to I've got to correct something that I said. Because, <laughs> you were yeah. thinking of our our last clip that we'll have. Yeah. You were thinking of the, I was thinking the of Zoe then. because right. uh, McSherry's obviously mm-hmm. speaking about uh, a third person. Right. Yeah. She 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 is very. There's no. There's not one instance of crossover between her discussion of what her avatar does. And who her avatar is, and who she is. There's, there's no bleed through between the two of them. Yeah, but and, and but it's just as important to her mm-hmm. as it was to Hantu, though, that there be reason and sense mm-hmm. behind the choices, even though they are uh, fantastical reasons. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's you know, she's talking about a, a necromancer who is you know controlling zombies. So there's there's very little sort of sense of reality in that. It is definitely engagement in a fantasy world, but it had to it had to have that logic behind it. So for um, Sherry, spending a whole lot of time on the backstory is what enriches the game for her. Right. And, but that's still a form of identity. Yes. Um, even though the character has an identity that, well, what she's doing is she's creating an identity 
so that she can identify or relate to the character, even though the character is not formed after herself, she has to know this character still. Exactly. She, she, it's, it's still, and it, when I, when I pitched this idea to, um, to my dissertation chair, and I came in with just a really rough sketch of the categories I had come up with, she, uh, her first, um, her first point of analysis was, was thinking that, that the role players are, the, mo- the most sophisticated in terms of identity um, because they have that that clear distinction between the two of them. It's, it's not that they're going in to represent themselves, although there is just a little bit of self in there where she doesn't want to play male avatar, so she doesn't want to make something that's completely outside of who she is or her experience. But she, she does have that, that sort of separate identity that, that she still needs that separate identity to identify with the character. But but it doesn't need to be who she is, right? And speaking of that, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned um, the fact that she distinctly chooses playing a girl. But her and um, um, I believe it was uh, the first Carmen, uh, yeah, Carmen, yeah, Carmen, Gray. yeah, made very interesting comments about when they were asked if they played male characters, and Sherry says. And it even was different when hearing her say it. Mm-hmm. But I applaud the people who can get away with playing the opposite gender. Right, yeah. And when I read that, I, I got something different than when I heard her say it. It sounds like she's saying, you need to be able to pull off a guy. Right, right. You need to be. Well, and then if you think about what Hantu said, right, which was one of the most fascinating moments for me in the research when she said, when I went online and I was playing a male avatar, Everybody thought I was gay, and yeah. and and because I was talking like I talk, and and so I was talking as as a female. My my vocal identity was female, and so that was read in the environment as her being gay. And so that relates too to to sort of what McSherry is saying there as well. Is like if you want to embrace and pull off that identity, you better be ready to be able to do it. Yeah, see, there's just something about that I found interesting, and it it challenged my way of thinking, Mm -hmm. because I I sort of went into this um, self, this freedom of identity creation and thinking, you know, people are going to be freer of mind, they're going to be free of stereotypes, they're going to be free of social norms, but this is just another avenue of storytelling from from the beginning of time right. and it it's a, just another reflection from what i'm seeing so far that surprised me is another reflection of just real society yes yeah absolutely that and that was one of the things that was surprising to me too and and exactly how powerfully the the gender stereotypes the ideas of masculinity and femininity map from our physical lives from our you know our I don't I, I as I said in the last podcast I don't I don't do real versus you know virtual <laughs> so our our physical lives and and how we sort of interact in the in the world we, we take and sort of map those same ideas into the virtual landscape we, we don't really get sort of get to get away from 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 those ideas or separate out from them yeah and none of these um None of these ladies seem to want to. No, absolutely not. Um, it's it's actually, um, it's a freer expression. I, mm-hmm. I had the word correct, but it's just free in a different way. Right. It's, 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 it, they get to be that, they get to be the fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Really the, the fantasy that's sort of been, you know, from, from Wonder Woman or, or, or who else, whatever your, you know, your icon is for, Xena or Buffy or, um, you know, going back even to like Rosie the Riveter, that idea of the powerful female icon, you know, they don't get to just look at it. (laughs) They don't get to watch a movie and see her do that this way. They get to go into the game and be that and be that powerful necromancer, that powerful superhero, that powerful child assassin, whatever, whatever your flavor is, whatever your preferences for play, they get to go in and and be that. And that's, that's huge. And it's really significant, I think. Oh, yeah. That's why I signed up. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so now we're going to hear from Zoe, and this yeah. sort of this sort of just um, kind of wraps all of these um, these three types up together, right? And um, further defines some of the way that you you saw this playing out, and, and it's it's her quote that I think is going to be interesting to to see how the nuances you were able to pull out, right? Um, when categorizing these gamers, yeah, yeah, she she crosses over and, and gives us a lot to sort of talk about here. So let us hear from. Zoe. It's kind of silly, but sometimes if it's if there's like a voice to the to the character I'm making, like if you get to you know uh, decide what your character looks like, and there's a voice that patterns along with the character, mm-hmm. I've gone through because usually they put the voice at the end. I've gone through and, and made a character, worked out the stats, worked how I wanted to go, and then I get to the voice, and if the and if None of the voice options match the character I want to play. Like in Dragon Age Origins, all of the all of the male character voices are like upper register, middle register British voices, and like none of them match the character I wanted to make. <laughs> like n- none of them seem like I cannot believe that that voice would come out of that face. Uh-huh. So I had to like go through and scrap it and like completely like redo my character because I I didn't like like I love the way he looked and I love his stats but I hated I hated the voice options mm-hmm. associated with that face. So I, I spent another like twenty minutes having to go over and, and change uh, <laughs> the character again. Like the chick the I didn't have that problem with. Uh-huh. But like the girl options were fine and I had a lot of fun with that. Usually I try to make at least one red headed character because I like red hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and with male characters, I usually like them to be, if they're, if, it, if I think it's going to be an evil character, I like them to look vaguely sinister. Because, <laughs> like most Americans, I like my, I like my archetypes to be obvious. <laughs> um, and, uh, and if it's a good character, I like them to have, like, the quietly strong look, if it's a male character. Right, right? sort of that classic <laughs> hero look of the... Strong yep. features and yeah, yep. the windswept hair and all that stuff. I know one of my characters was like a a bald guy with a goatee. He had like the Captain Cisco look. Uh huh. <laughs> I was like that guy. For some reason, uh, I guess because I love Captain Picard and I liked Captain Cisco. Like for some reason, bald guys mm-hmm. like like I care enough not to care about my hair. Uh-huh. Like I'm so I'm so into my job that my hair is not important. Like that. <laughs> for some reason, tells me that like this is a serious-minded dude who can get the job done. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like Kotor didn't have Kotor had horrible female options. Mm-hmm. So I played a I played a guy first um, because I didn't like the look of any of the female characters. I'm like really picky about how about like the looks and feels of the character. Right. Just tell me more about that. Um, like, what is it that you're looking for in the female avatars? Um, with the female avatars, like, even if there is no way they'd, they'd look anything like me, mm-hmm. um, I, I want them to reflect me in some way, because uh-huh. I'm, the male characters don't really have to reflect me at all, and, like, with a male character reflecting a female character, the male character would reflect what I, what I want a guy to be like, or what I think a guy should be like, or whatever, but with a female character... I want it to reflect something about me. So, mm-hmm. like, my first WoW character, I played a night elf because my brother-in-law's character was a night elf. Um, and he had, like, a because he was in beta, he had a high-level character, you know, like, from the from day one. My husband and I's first characters were both night elves because he wanted to, like, run us through a bunch of stuff right off the bat. And since he'd played a night elf first, he knew everything right. to do with with, like, the beginning set of... Of quests and stuff, and this is back when leveling like took friggin' forever, right? Like really, really long. But because you didn't get a lot of pale skin redheads, um, because I'm a pale skin Auburn, mm-hmm. um, you don't get a lot of pale skin redheads in uh, in the night elf species. Right. <laughs> um, so you don't get any. Right. I picked like my favorite colors, um, and I and I picked a, a face that was sort of like cynically amused looking um uh-huh. with a like a like a fun but sort of like not in my face haircut i don't i don't go in for overly elaborate hair i i usually brush mine and make sure it's clean and smells right. nice 
Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> it. I don't put it up. I don't. I don't do fun things with it. Uh-huh. Um, I had my hair down for my wedding. You know, I I don't like uh, up updos or anything like that. So mm-hmm. because my character wasn't going to really look anything like me superficially, right. I had to I had to put like small stupid details in to make myself feel like it was still me. Right. So characteristics so, that could still match your personality to them yeah. or your yeah. So like my favorite characters my fa- character my favorite colors are green and purple. So my night elf had like sea foam hair and like mm-hmm. vaguely and like I don't know, like lilac colored skin or mm-hmm. lavender colored skin or something. Okay, so you're going to have to do a study on a subcategory because uh, most of these women are fascinated with red hair. <laughs> I have no problem with because I'm an original well, redhead. Well, you, you have to remember that um, the entire uh, pool of participants in the study all were fans of the Guild. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, everybody well, came from the Guild. And if, if we want to look at, like, iconic, you know... MMO player characters, uh, Felicia Day with her her red locks has to has to rank right up there. Yeah, go redhead. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, this had to have been one of the at least one of the more it's definitely interesting, but a more complicated interview to parse through. There's, oh, sure. there's so much here, and as far as I don't know at what point you were in. Um, in seeing the patterns of your three gamer types mm-hmm. when you reach Zoe's interview, but there's <laughs> there seems to be a lot going on here. Yeah, she, she's she's uh, she's back and forth between um, uh, talking about how she wants her female characters to look like herself and how she you know she wants parts of who she is in them. But she also, if she's going to play a male avatar, she wants them to be the fantasy avatar. And so there's that sort of cross between, okay, if it's going to be a female avatar I'm going to play, it's going to be me. If it's a male character, it's going to be my ideal male character. Um, and, and, you know, sort of everything in between that as well. Um, so, yeah, this, it's, you know, she, she definitely got in the... <laughs> But when we look at um, McSheree and we look at the clear line between her avatar and her, mm-hmm. the character she created for her avatar and who she was, and then we come to Zoe who goes back and forth between herself and her avatar and, and that kind of bounce back and forth between all those different things, it, it, it's, it's definitely a different creature. Yeah, the the other the thing is there are similarities like um, with uh, uh, making sure the choices make sense right. and the reasoning and attractiveness. Right. But they're all applied very differently with each type. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I mean, Zoe still it was so important that her female characters be attracted right. that she would not even choose a female avatar if it wasn't good looking enough. Right. If she couldn't get it to look like she wanted it to look. Yeah. That she, she would just avoid it entirely. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, and, and well, that's, there, oh, it, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say it's, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. And there's other, there's other quotes and other, other interviews where I had people talk, um, a lot about wanting the facial features to be pretty or uh, wanting to find a face that was attractive um, that, you know, didn't have like a scowl or different things like that. That was something I didn't, I didn't bring the clip in, but um, that Callie talked about in her interview, wanting a, you know, an attractive, pretty looking face. And she said, I think in that quote, I use it in the in the cyber drag chapter. I think she said pretty like fifteen times <laughs> oh, in yeah. one section. It was very important that 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 be a, you know a characteristic of the avatar, and and I think that that you know, we're not, we're going to talk about how you know women's uh, physical lives and sort of the expectations of their physical lives um, map into how they are and the choices that they make in game. You know, I don't think any woman you know. All, all of the participants were from the United States, so I don't think any, you know, woman in the United States could say they don't feel some sort of pressure to be attractive. Right. <laughs> and yeah. games like this where you have a static image where, you know, even if your character is, you know, standing in a pool of fire, 
her hair is still perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you she still gets to be that ideal that, that we don't, that we don't get to be in real life. And, and, you know, and I think it's, it's important. I, I think it gives sort of that sense of, um, and especially perhaps for people who are self players who are going in and representing who they are in game, they get to be that, you know, just like they get to be Wonder Woman or, you know, those, those examples They get to be that powerful character. They also get to be physically perfect. And, and I think that's really attractive. And, and, I, and I wouldn't say, like I said, you know, the, the research I've done up until now has all been with women participants. So I don't know if the same is true for men, for male players as it is for, for female characters. But it's certainly a component of uh, female identity in game. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a very complicated question because uh, if you just, if you would continue your focus on the female gamers, because I have a friend, uh, a male friend who's gay, who plays um, role-playing games. Mm -hmm. And he says it's extremely important to him that his character is attractive. Yep. Yeah. And and so does it have to do with, uh, just your your sex in general or does it have to do with sexual orientation or is this such a a multifaceted um which identity is yeah it is absolutely it's always complex and (laughs) yeah multi-layered and that's just further further proof of that but what's so interesting to me is that we're bringing up aspects and um Things that, like you, like you said, the pressure in America to be attractive. Mm-hmm. All of these women, I think that you would say that these women feel um, uh, very free. They feel very liberated, but they still concentrate on um, on their looks. But at the same time, these women are empowered. Right. And and one of the things I think that uh, one of the quotes out of your dissertation was was really sum that type of thing up again because they sound like they contradict each other but they don't right right uh, um what what you said is where i imagine cyber drag to be a possible means of empowerment for female players instead i discovered the empowerment comes from embracing a virtual form of their own femininity and being able to see themselves as powerful kick-ass avatars who can go where they want and do as they please without being hemmed in by many of the limitations they experience by their physical lives. And I I find this interesting because I believe you mentioned it, and I have a friend who does uh, uh, female studies, that this is is pretty much the new face of uh, the the, the new wave of feminism. Right, absolutely. It's sort of the where what feminism has moved into you can be you can be a girl <laughs> yeah. you can be game on girl <laughs> yeah. you, you can be that identity and and still be empowered with that identity and and that's that's really the challenge and it is complicated because it's still fitting into those ideals of um of attractiveness of of beauty of you know you know, to the Western beauty ideal of that big picture of you need to look like this, you need to move like that, you know, it's still fitting Mm -hmm. in there. But, you know, like I, like I said, like the quote said, I I imagined that, you know, although, you know, in, in, in hindsight, it it was really, you know, a jump for me to think that I didn't play male avatars. (laughs) So I really had no reason to think that other women would play male avatars, but I did wonder if, if, if there was, you know, sort of, um, uh, a, a sense of empowerment that could come from, from being able to go in and be that instead. Um, but what they really wanted, what most of them wanted, and, and, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of interviews that I did, um, at the end were text-based where I was doing instant message um, um, interviews instead of um, recording them uh, for time purposes and, as I mentioned, with the transcripts. Um, and a lot of... I, I talked to several women there that were role players who were really into, you know, who were really comfortable playing male avatars. I talked a little bit in the last episode about um, the one woman who, uh, when her guild, one of her guildies found out that she was female, was so upset that he had, you know, been cursing in front of her. <laughs> Yeah. So, so there, there are there are plenty of women who who do go in and 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 adopt you know male identities or or take on you know male avatars, but at the same time, the the, the theme that the the overarching theme of you know 
you know, the majority of the women that I talked to really did want to be able to be both. And because it is a limit, you know, it's, it's, not impossible, but it's difficult to do that in in your real life. Perhaps it's in, it's not in in the the game life and in the identity that you can create, and you can make those choices. And that that just in and of itself, that the choice to be able to go and and do and and want to do it that way was compelling. Yeah, and I I I, I think that in. Um in our physical world, it is just so much more difficult to express the the truth in that femininity, the differences in gender, um, there are strengths there. Mm-hmm. Femininity is courageous and it's brave and uh, powerful. Absolutely. And that is very difficult to express in the physical world. But I like the idea that Feminism is wanting to embrace the power that we own uniquely. Exactly, exactly, and and that's the best of what feminism has to offer right now. Um, and and it it's unfortunate because feminism, you know, a, a lot, you know, I deal with a lot of eighteen-year-old girls, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of eighteen and, and young, you know, sort of um, young adult women who are are. Uh, will say actively, I'm not a feminist, you know, because they, they don't think that they can wear the, the sparkly shoes or, you know, the, you know, whatever it is that they want to that makes them feel like a girl. They feel like they have to avoid all of that because that's what feminism means. But the the true basis of, of feminism, the, the true ideals of feminism were that we're equal. That's yes. all. That, that's it. We're equal. And what you're saying and that idea that, you know, it's, you can be strong and be a woman. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. There shouldn't yeah. be any compromise just because you're a girl. You can't. That should never be a thing. You know, that yeah. should never be an ideal. You should, it always should be everybody can do what they want to do, men and women. So. Well, again, Regina, this is, this is absolutely fascinating. And uh, I love listening to and to the other girls being able to express themselves through yep. the interviews. That's really, um, that's really a treat for me. So um, thanks again. And uh, welcome. thanks and for thank your time. And, yeah, thank you. Uh, and thank you for your insightful questions and, and helping keeping me on track with all this stuff too. So I, oh, appreciate, sure. I appreciate your contributions, Rhonda. And everyone listening, I've gotten a lot of really positive feedback on the podcast and as we're sort of progressing through this. Um, I'd love to hear from more people, um, either on um, on my Twitter, at Doc Liz, uh, on the Facebook page, if you like us on Facebook, um, or on the website itself, Game on Girl. As I, said, as I always say, don't forget the dashes, game-on-girl. And um, this is the conclusion of episode three. So check out our first two episodes if you haven't checked those out. This podcast is recorded with Audacity. And the theme song, Good Day by Triple Fox, and is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks for listening. And until next time, game on.